Blog Talk Radio. Our, our country is in chaos because we have leaders who are in chaos with themselves. We are in need of a people who are choosing to follow God instead of following man. You, you never see change happen until you begin to make change happen. And unfortunately, that hasn't been done in the church or in the country. You're listening to Zira today with Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Zira today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Lorenzo Neal, Helen from Cajun Man USA. It'll present you with peace of wisdom, knowledge, and insight, empowering you to listen, knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. Well, I have with me today as a guest, very, 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 very good person, interesting person, and uh, we're going to have a great dialogue as time goes on. On the phone with me is... Mr. Solution, a.k.a. Richard. Hello. Hello, Pastor. How are you today? I am awake and doing well so far. Excellent, excellent. This should be a fantastic show, and I I notice on my notes I put in large, bold letters, communicate, communicate, communicate. So what I uh, hope that we can definitely um, uh, make a great focus and uh, extrapolation upon is how to improve communication between the genders. I know it's a little bit uh, conflictual. I know there's a little bit of friction uh, with men and women talking. Actually, strike that. There's a lot of friction. <laughs> but I think we're going All right. to... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just... Thank you. I was going to say we're going to provide some tools for those who are really interested in being successful uh, in the relationship arena to be so. I was just listening to a program that was talking about how millionaires think differently and people who want to be millionaires. Millionaires and people who want to be millionaires think differently uh, from regular people. So I would just uh, collect that under the heading of success. People who want to be successful will think and behave differently from uh, people who are not that interested in being successful. All right, and before we get into all of that, we're going to go back up just a little bit, and we're going to give the uh, our listening audience a little bit more information about you, who you are, what you do, and all uh, what you have to offer uh, in 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 uh, in regards to relationships, uh, dating, love, sex, all of the above, legal, any of that, because you're you're a roundabout man, a Renaissance man. Uh, uh, Highly, uh, 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 very motivational man. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm gonna tell him. I'll start off by saying I know that you are, you're an author, you're a coach, you're uh, uh, a researcher, you're a teacher, uh, philanthropist, <laughs> and I, the name of your book: uh, Seven Principles to Love, Sex, and Dating, and the Seven Results. Right. Right, I'm the author of of that particular, particular, uh, actually it's an outline, and um, also I would say that um, 
I'm a mentor, and I um, uh, certainly do a lot of philanthropy work, you know, giving back to the community, as it were, and also an educator. And I got in this area because my background is actually science, and I saw the – go ahead. No, I just said okay. Oh, yes, yes, okay. We have a little bit of a delay here. Yeah, my background is science and, of course, logic, and science deals with provability and repeatability uh, based upon observation and testing. And so I see the problem that men and women are having. Uh, so one of the titles that I have adopted, and, and definitely I think deservedly so, is that of a troubleshooter. And um, I cast my hat in the ring uh, begrudgingly, by the way, I kind of came into this uh, kicking and screaming, because you do get pummeled a little bit, because people kind of get stuck. Even if they're doing something that doesn't work, they get stuck on it, and they dig in, and they want to defend it. But what I do, I hope, uh, and it will be shown here today, is bring reason. Uh, Of course, love is backing it all, because, you, you know, I care about people enough to look into this, and want to see uh, relationships between men and women improve so that there can be a core foundation to build families upon or or just to have happy relationships because I think a man and a woman certainly uh, in a committed relationship constitutes a family. So those are just, uh, you know, a few of my, I would say, credentials. Awesome. Now, you... you, uh... You said a mouthful and, and all of that, uh, and, and I'm going to piggyback on some of what you said. Uh, when it comes down to mentoring and relationships, I think uh, there's a great deal for men and women to be mentored uh, to receive the type of information that they need to have successful relationships. And when you come down to the science, uh, love is definitely a science. Uh, there's no way around that, uh, you know, Chemistry involved. It's always amazed me how many people said that you know they feel chemistry between uh, a, a person of the opposite sex. I, I can't really say that I have really truly understood that statement. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've I've said strong emotion and attraction, but I I don't know if that's chemistry. But uh, hey, what do I know? I'm not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you you know plenty. I think all of us uh, deserve an opportunity to uh, contribute. This is a huge problem. It's come about over the years, and I want to give you some structural, um, I'm going to say, features that have contributed to the lack of communication between men and women. Now, if we can focus, and I'm pretty good on this, focusing on a singular thing, because when I was studying the Bible, and I know your audience is probably both secular and uh, sp- spiritual slash religious. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I noted that, um, you, you know, the, the, there are certain things that appeal to people, and when you can give them good information, which is what I'm going to try to do, as to how this problem came about, and it came about over the years, and, and that's okay, but I, I want to say that we can communicate our way through this problem. There are certain things that men do that contribute to the problem. There are certain things that women do that contribute to the problem. And I think the better handle 
we have on those things, you know, the Bible talks about naming things. It's very good to name things because that way you can deal with it better. And so we will name some of the structural problems that have been brought about in society that actually block men and women from connecting with each other. And additionally, I would say, is that God is the great matchmaker. He created the entire universe as the foundation for the earth. And, of course, then he went forward to prepare the earth for the habitation of human beings. That is a tremendous undertaking and privilege that we're in. And, of course, you know, God... God became man, and as a result, I mean, that's the greatest honor uh, that one could think of. I get a little bit theologically uh, involved there, but I, I think that should suffice for laying the foundation for what we are about to do. All right, and you, uh, that actually is a great foundation uh, because um, I think, uh, as you said before, uh, so many people. Uh, Neglect the involvement of God's creation in the process of trying to find a, a mate, soul mate, uh, you know, even a sexual mate, a sexual partner. Uh, the power in that, the power right. in that that has uh, that, that has generated so many people's lives to eyes, uh, I guess you could say. Exactly, exactly. Today is the greatest opportunity for men and women to meet on an equal basis. Uh, I'm involved in the law. I I really appreciate the law. And the Bible is a law book, by the way, Uh, Last Will and and Testament. And uh, bringing my attitude, and I think God gives all of us, you know, certainly good attitudes or lays the foundation for it, bringing my attitude to the Bible of a researcher was was very, very collaborative, and I was able to just see the, the, the points and the reasoning. You know, there's I think it's Isaiah 118 that says, come let us reason together. Now, that's, of course, yeah. talking about the primary sin, but once that's dealt with, we still have to reason to relate to each other and uh, to do the things that we do. There should be a basis for it and also uh, uh, guidance, reason, and wisdom provides guidance to those who will utilize it. Psalms and uh, Proverbs talks a lot about uh, wisdom. So um, I think that's what we are about here today is disseminating uh, wisdom, doable wisdom. Let let, let me jump in here. Now, you mentioned Proverbs and Psalms now, Uh, particularly for those of you listening, Proverbs five six seven, uh, those are some awesome. That gives some awesome insight, primarily for young men as to uh, you know how they should behave or <laughs> uh, not behave rather <laughs> when it comes to um, seeking out seeking out um, possible uh, uh, partner. Uh, it's really wisdom. I just want you to throw that out there. <laughs> I didn't mean to steal your, your thunder, but I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. If you get a chance, they should read that some awesome insight. No, that's fine, and and you're you're exactly right. I want to read a passage here again, just to lay a foundation, because I was I was thinking as I was developing my notes, I was thinking of hopes hopefully some very very uh, clear, stark, and and profound 
and doable truths that we could use, as I've mentioned before. Uh, the law sets up um, the – it's just like a house, the framing in a house, the walls, the doors, the hallways, uh, the roof, uh, you know, the floor. They, uh, you know, provide how you move about in that house. It sets the limit. You don't see the framing, but the framing has an impact on everything you do in a house. And so the same way, same thing is true of the law. The law frames society. And if we're law-abiding, we do operate within the framework of the law. So I, I want to share a statement here. This is excer excerpted from a – and this is not – this is just for educational purposes. Certainly this is not legally, but this is excerpted from a case, Corey versus Metro Car Wash. And it was in 1985. It was a California Supreme Court decision. Uh, and it relates so, so heavily to what we're talking about. And this is what it says briefly. When, <clears throat> when the law uh, emphasizes irrelevant differences between men and women, it cannot help influencing the content and the tone of the social as well as the legal relations between the sexes. As long as organized legal systems, at once the most respected and most feared of social institutions, continue to differentiate sharply in treatment or in words between men and women on the basis of irrelevant and artificially created distinctions, the likelihood of men and women coming to regard one another primarily as fellow human beings and only secondarily as representatives of another sex, will continue to be remote. When men and women are prevented from recognizing one another's essential humanity by sexual prejudices, uh, nourished by legal as well as social institutions, society as a whole remains less than it could otherwise become. Now, that is a very powerful statement because this Supreme Court justice just stepped you know, stepped down on the floor, as it were, and just laid it on the, laid it on the table. She says, you, you know, the law is preventing men and women from recognizing each other's essential humanity. It's got them hung up on irrelevant and superficial things. And I might add exactly. that California law is generally quoted in decisions throughout the rest of the country. So this is very powerful, and I was sharing it with some uh, uh, gentlemen I was discussion, discussing this issue with, and they didn't have a clue as to how you're relating to a woman. You're just saying hello, or her saying hello to you is impacted by the law. It's the, inv it's the invisible framework uh, which we operate within. And so uh, I'm going to definitely, vis-a-vis uh, -vis my seven principles, I'm going to point out in, in uh, concert or in collaboration with the, what the Supreme Court Justice uh, was saying, uh, how to get around the, the, the problems that have been created by the law and social institutions that have inhibited men and women from communicating. Now, you can just tell me uh, here, Pastor, had you ever thought yourself before hearing this that the law inhibited men and women from just interacting with each other and recognizing each other's essential humanity 
And, and yeah, of course. Uh, there have been several occasions that you know, just from simple observation, you could you could see the, the vast distinction that the law has created uh, that inhibits quite a bit um, uh, of the the type of really impactful relationships between men and women. Um, several cases, of course, that I I can't name right off top, but yeah, just put some just from simple observation, uh, it, it's noticeable. Uh, from from uh I guess go to you can go to Title Nine sports and in college uh uh you know and a whole lot of other different different things that the that the law has infringed upon. Uh basic social relations between uh people of the opposite sex. Look, I'm gonna take a quick break and uh when we come back from the other side of the break we can continue on this discussion, then I'll let you go into your uh seven principles, all right? Well, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality player too, just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James Version. Neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow, uh, those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, well, nothing, I guess. I don't know, I, I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Yeah, I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork. Oh. Hi there. Looks like you found your car insurance. Yeah, but wow, it looks like you guys have everything. We sure do. We help millions of people save. Look, we're number one in motorcycle insurance, a leader in boat and RV, and... Oh, wait, let me guess. You're the number one truck insurer. Wow, first guess! Nailed it! Oh, you're psychic! What am I thinking of right now? Tacos? Yes! Helping you save money no matter what you drive. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. So in seeds of wisdom, power, insight, and liberation. Promoting knowledge that is engaging and transforming. This is Zero Today. 
with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Strangers, 
outside of their family in order to relate. I say that women need to be more participatory. They need to be more proactive toward that which God created, i.e. man, than they are what man has created, i.e. jobs, cars, houses, careers, and all of those things, that women have no problem, uh, first of all, making themselves aware of getting an education on and then making and showing an interest in. In other words, you know, a woman, she gets an education, goes to school four, five, six, seven years to get a uh, a man oriented education and then buys a home and buys a car and works in her career all of those things are man-made and so i'm just saying if you spend that much time pursuing what man has made spend a little time pursuing what god has made i.e the man or men and so i say just say hello be polite and engage in a cordial conversation that's the way to get things started. A lot of men, right. and we'll get into this also, through sexual harassment laws, men have really been beaten down. And with women complaining, they can't find compatible men. If you recall, I sent you that website that uh, had the four women out of Atlanta complaining they couldn't find men. Yes. That was just a right. metaphor. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I was just saying, yeah, I, I remember you sending me that link. Right, and that was just a metaphor for the complaint of women. Uh, that is echoed across the country. We can't find men on our level. Well, we're going to tell you what to do to remedy that problem if you really want to. And like I say, say hello and engage in polite conversation. That way you have an opportunity, number one, to meet men and also to critique men to determine compatibility. This is a very loving and intelligent thing that we do. Uh, at one time, parents were the primary vehicles by which men and women got together because parents felt like, well, young people just don't have the maturity. They don't have the experience to uh, enter into, uh, you know, something as important as relationship because usually uh you know, the man and woman coming together in a committed relationship known as marriage connected the families. So the families were very, very involved in that process. Uh, due to the Industrial Revolution and the um, invention of the automobile, of course, uh, we have become a very mobile society. So uh, parents aren't as involved. I wish they were but they aren't as right. involved in the relationships of their offspring as they used to be. But we can rectify that. We can correct that, which is the beautiful thing we're doing right now. So I say that women should say hello, initiate polite conversation. Now, I give a couple of scriptures to buttress uh, what I'm saying. Uh, Ruth, yes. for example, Ruth uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, uh, you hear it said by a lot of quote-unquote Christian women, uh, I, I want my Boaz. Well, you understand, <laughs> Boaz didn't go after Ruth. Ruth had right. to go get Boaz. Boaz obviously was a handsome, successful man, but he was shy. If you read the record, 
Boaz, he knew the law. He was a very intelligent, like I say, successful man, but he was shy. He watched Ruth Ruth from a distance, but he never approached her. And apparently uh, he would not have approached her. But uh, Naomi saw the signs. This was Ruth's uh, wise mother-in-law. And she saw the signs of what was going on. And she, of course, uh, told Ruth what she needed to do. And believe it or not, Pastor, that's the same thing women do today. If you read uh, Ruth chapter 3, I recommend reading the entire book. It's short. But Mm -hmm. she tells Ruth to do the same thing that women do today. She said, take a bath, uh, put on, you you know, your, your cologne, and put on your fine clothing, and go up to the threshing floor. That was sort of the meeting place of the day. Right. And she said, you know, in essence, don't be rude, but, uh, you know, notice where he lies down, because they had to guard the grain in that day uh, to keep uh, invading people from stealing it. But anyway, she right. said, uh, notice where he lies down, and then you go over to him. So that was what you call very affirmative action that Ruth uh, took to let Boaz know in no uncertain terms that she had an interest in him. Now, did she know she was going to ultimately get married to him? No, because as it turns out, there was a kinsman's redeemer that was closer than Boaz. But right. um, as it worked out, uh, they were able to get together. And so, But I just lift out of this, which is appropriate, how they were able to connect due to the wise insight of Naomi and due to her instructions to Ruth as to how she should behave. So that's very, very important there. And this did lead to marriage, the action on the part of the woman. Uh, Number two, I talk about today, you know, women, due to the Industrial Revolution, and I'll refer to that quite a bit, there were three things that have changed our society, uh, I think, forever. The Industrial Revolution, uh, the birth control pill, and, of course, the feminist movement, uh, whereby the (laughs) feminist movement said women deserve the same rights as men. Prior to that, uh, women pretty much were, uh, their work was in the home, whereas men's work was outside the home. Now, the law has basically said we're equal. So that's fine, and and, and that's, that's true, too. We are equal. It's just that our roles were different. Today, we will be able to, a woman, a young woman growing up, can do anything she wants to do, anything her skills and abilities allow her to do, from sitting on the Supreme Court to being a a judge to being a sheriff to being a firefighter to being a manager over men. Her abilities, due to these laws, allow her to be everything. Now, but what I've noticed that in the area of relationships, the feminist movement didn't address equality there. And so when women go out, modern day, I like to use the term adult 21st century women, are still behaving as if they were in the 40s or the 50s. And that's just not appropriate for today. And I talk about women paying half, or paying for a complete date. There's nothing wrong with that. Women make money. As I just mentioned, women are managers over men. 
And, of course, it gives women an opportunity to see what men are like and to see what they are like in a real uh, relationship setting. So I talk about, and, 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 of course, I would say a woman should have spent time on the phone with a man, talking to him, and oftentimes the workplace is the best place for a man and woman to meet because they can see each other at their best. But I don't encourage men, do, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, but due to the sexual harassment laws, I don't encourage men to initiate anything with women at work because they can end up being reprimanded or losing their job just depending on whatever attitude a woman is in. So you, as a man, a successful man, you, you don't want to risk, um, you know, uh, dealing with a woman at work. Now, she can, do, she can initiate with you, and I often tell women that, because a man won't run to HR and report a woman. So she can initiate with men. <laughs> but true. I do not encourage men to initiate with women at work. Go ahead. You have a comment on that? Yeah, yeah. I actually I want I want to do two things. I want to uh, start on right there, but I want to also piggyback to the the Ruth come the scripture in Ruth, and you also uh, talk about Rebecca also in Genesis twenty four, which uh, both of them are good. But let me uh, you say uh, differentiate uh, themselves from selfish women. Uh, women should take that initiative. To be more proactive by you know paying for a date, uh, paying for you know paying for the date, or uh, you suggest the five the first five dates or so should be something as simple as walking in a park, uh, or something of that nature. And uh, on the roof and the roof on the end of the roof, I wrote a poem, and it and I've done it at spoken word contest a couple of times, and it always it always sets off the women. It's, the poem is titled, I Want to Be Her Boaz. And most <laughs> women, most women, when they hear that, uh, I'm speaking from the perspective of Boaz. And I said, it, part of the poem says, I know what she's been through. I see her working out in the field. I understand the, the sweat and the turmoil and she's going on when there are others are ready to quit. I know about her past, her her mother losing both sons and her her uh her sister in law choosing to leave rather than to stay. And when I when I talk about that from his perspective, it sets off a whole different thing because oh, I hadn't failed yet. A lot of women come in and say, Oh man, that's so beautiful, that's so awesome say but you still don't get it. You see, because the pressure is off of me. The whole point of the poem is for you to understand that I'm waiting to be found just like you're waiting to be found, except I don't want to put forth too much effort and I end up losing in the end because I have more to lose. I have more at stake and more to lose as the man than you do as the woman. And a lot of times women come, you know, it may come across as offensive, but if they are really self-evaluating and they look at themselves, see the man, well, some of these, not these young bucks running around, but real gentlemen, Real men have a lot more at stake and more to lose if they put forth the effort and it comes back against them, or not in their favor. I just want to throw that out. No, no, that's excellent. And you know what? The church is the place that, and I don't know why this isn't except maybe sin and Satan, 
But if God was the first matchmaker, why has the church dropped the ball? The church is involved. It's just like um, Martha in the New Testament. She's doing a lot of things, but Jesus tells her so lovingly. He, he says, Martha, Martha, you are doing many things, but only one is important. Mary has chosen that good part, and it won't be taken from her. And, of, of course, maybe exactly. she on the pots and pans and came in there and listened to Jesus. So the church is into all kinds of things that's wasting its time while its relationships between men and women are going to Hades in a handbasket. Let me give you an example of a very astute caller uh, said, and, and he referenced this very well. He says, when we grow older and get established, and this coincides with what you were just saying, when we grow older and get established, we will get revenge for the rejection those women gave us in favor of, and he mentions some less desirable guys. And so you're right, men, quality men uh, deserve to be engaged by women. But as Dr. Warren Farrell talks about in his book, is that women just like to exercise veto power. They They still have this attitude of entitlement, and we'll get into that too. And unless we talk through these things, we're just going to be uh, balkanized, that's separated into hostile factions, and we don't want to do that. So I'm saying to these same women, which nobody had the guts to say, by the way, on national television, well, what have you done to improve your chances of meeting a quality man? I guarantee you the whole show would have stopped right there because you had all of these seemingly very well qualified, very educated, very versed women who could only complain like little babies, couldn't, weren't really taking any action to change their circumstances, weren't even talking to the men that were potential mates but we're going on TV and talking about the men. So this is the thing that we need to, you know, focus on is how to rectify the problem instead of just talking about it. Now, every time I discuss this, I say if a woman walks up to a man, says hi, hello, uh, you know, so on and so forth, will this not change her paradigm? There's not a living person that will argue with that, not one. And so we need to do some of these things that are reasonable. Now, in my second, um, in it, well, I talked about women paying half, and I mean paying for men, paying your way or paying, uh, paying for the entire date to differentiate yourself from the very selfish men, uh, selfish women rather, who won't do anything but just sit up and say, wine me, dine me. Um, I talk about uh, most dating and many marriages, unfortunately, being legalized prostitution. Unless the man pays the woman, uh, she won't perform either intimately or socially. He has to pay, and that's not a good thing. And the reason for that is when a man has to pay money, that reduces the relationship to a financial transaction, and it avoids the opportunity for there being uh, real love and affection, because you're paying for a product. It's a service and a product. So, okay, hold, uh, hold, hold that thought. 
Paul, sure. that's all we're going to I got to take a hard break, and I'm going to make this one a short break, and we'll come back and pick up on that one, okay? Sure. Be right, be right back. Hello, I'm a Christ. Hey, radio fam. Can you imagine a woman desperate enough for a child that she would deceive her own father-in-law into committing incest? How about imagining having husbands so wicked that even God kills them? Can you imagine a prominent family covering up secrets dangerous enough to destroy their wealth and legacy? If this sounds like something ripped from the headlines of the days rich and famous, it isn't. It's the story of Judah and Tamar found in Genesis 38. This biblical story shadows much of what's really happening in today's family. In his book, A Breach in the Family, Pastor Lorenzo Neal uses this biblical story to address many of the issues today's families face. He talks about how much family matters can be detrimental to becoming the kind of family God created. He talks about secrets of the breach that can lead to secret rules and behaviors that go on for generations. Despite it all, God does give a way to repair the breach in the family and leave a lasting legacy that cannot be erased. Order your copy today of A Breach in the Family by Pastor Lorenzo Neal on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, and other retail outlets. And for a limited time, you can get your copy for a special discounted price by visiting www.zeropublishing.webs.com. Get your copy today and be blessed. Uncle Joe and the beige carpet. Sooner or later, you'll need Resolve. Carpet cleaner. It gets rid of the most dramatic stains easily and effectively, which is great because life is full of Uncle Joe's. Sooner or later, you'll need Resolve. Lorenzo Neal here at the day on with my very special guest, author, philanthropist, mentor, coach, scientist, Mr. Solution, aka Richard. And uh, we're going into the last little segment here. Uh, and we've been having a very good discussion here. We got so much more out 
there's so much <laughs> limited time, but we're going to try to get in as much as we can. Uh, background, I got a little love scene. I'm on a very white thing today. <laughs> so, uh, hey, love is the key. I think that's what Frankie Beverly said. <laughs> uh, Richard, you still on? Hello, Richard. You still on? Yes, I'm still here, Pastor. Okay. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this thing today. Go away. We're making it we're making it work. Again, I want to appreciate you for joining me and being my guest today. And we've been having such a uh, uh, an enlightening conversation. And uh, we only have about uh, ten more minutes. So uh, ten more minutes, we're going to have to get as much as we can. Um, try to get as much as you can in about that. But we were talking about. Um, being differentiated, women being differentiated uh, as far as what they can do. Uh, talk a little bit about more, a little bit more about that, and then uh, we'll go into the rest of it. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's exactly right. I first of all, uh, and I have about several hours worth of uh, information here, but uh, at any rate, I'll, I'll run through this. Women differentiating themselves is is showing that they are interested in a relationship. And like I said, again, it's them uh, exercising adult behavior, uh, which is expected in a relationship, and, and them not re- just rejecting men, but actually being serious. And if they are, uh, they lose nothing by uh, the, the important uh, socialization or socializing with men, saying, hi, how are you, and entering into conversation. Now, I list women initiating uh, with men and paying because those are the two areas where there is the most resistance and confusion and hostility. And that's why I deal with those first. And, of course, I talk about uh, women, uh, you know, going to the park. If we want to communicate, 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 uh, we shouldn't make a date uh, a huge expense on neither a man or a woman. Because remember, dating, we're dating different people to gather data data to determine if there is compatibility. So a lot of people, for example, I heard a guy said that over the years he had spent over $40,000 on virtually useless dates and his paying for women. Now, he had a change of mind because he realized that wasn't the way to go. Uh, But uh, he had spent a lot of money, and I think men and women need to uh, develop a way of getting to know each other that's easy, relaxing, and, of course, substantive without going out on the limb for each other. And and, and a lot of authors and and community-oriented people are now picking up on this, both men and women. But those are the two areas that require the most attention, and I'm going to say by women, is the initiating conversation. You can do it. Men enjoy it. If a man has a problem with you initiating, you know right there this is not a man that's mature enough to be in a healthy relationship. This man has issues, low self-esteem or other issues. So the third principle that I talk about uh, is uh, being reasonable. And I say that's where you want to uh, listen 
and, and desire to understand a good man's position and points of views. Social scientists have identified three stages of relationships, stimulus, value, and role. Stimulus, obviously we see each other as male and female. We have some attraction. Uh, we approach and then, of course, value is having a discussion like we're having now where we get our values on the table. And role is based upon the compatibility, based upon those values, that we decide to move forward in some sort of uh, uh, dyadic or, or, or connected, close, associated relationship. So that's very important there, being reasonable. A lot of us don't know enough about relationships to have relationships. Uh, also, I talk about being fair. This is where I tell women to uh, practice the golden rule. See, a lot of times, believe it or not, when man meets woman, it's adversarial, especially on the part of women. They say, well, he just wants sex. Well, yeah, uh, not just sex, but when a man, any man that approaches a woman uh, desires sex from her, if, if, if he likes her, if it's for a social uh, meaning, if it has a social meaning attached to it. So let that be understood. And the same is true of women. Women are as sexual as men. Actually, women are more sexual than men. So I'm going to, and of course, I'm going to point out how we need to get rid of the lying but uh, so that we can actually have a better basis for a relationship. But... Uh, that's what I say, be fair. In other words, practice the golden rule with a new man. He is your neighbor at that time. He's not your man. Uh, you are not his girlfriend. You, you, you should not be making demands upon him uh, as far as you both should be civil with each other. You should be practicing civility. But you do not have entitlement when you're just meeting a man. You're not his girlfriend. You're not his wife. So that statement that women often use, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, that's true. But you're not a wife. You're not a girlfriend. So you can't exactly. usurp that particular role at that particular time. And, of course, I talk about telling the truth. Again, that requires some research to break away from the lies that we generally are told. And I talk about research and analyze healthy uh, models and model schemes, learn something about relationships and men since what they have been doing has not worked. So, you know, we don't want to keep practicing the insanity. What what you've done, asking your girlfriend and so on and so forth, hasn't worked. So let's do something different along the lines of what we're talking about here. And then I say stop lying. And I, these are personal and generational uh, and I talk about, again, uh, as mere women to him, uh, don't feel entitled to the benefits of a girlfriend and or wife. Such is unfair and a scam. Stop lying. Normal, honest men don't want to pay for women they date before they get to know them. They aren't the wives or the girlfriends, as I just said. So let's just be civil and social toward each other and get to know each other without all these crazy demands. And uh, I talk about the results of practicing the seven principles. And I say most likely occupy a man with someone he is genuinely interested in. Remember, men settle a lot. 
men are often not with the women they want to be with if if we really have to talk about it. And that sets up a scheme whereby we cheat more and so on and so forth. I'm not, uh, you know, approving cheating, but I'm saying if you get with the person that you most desire, chances are you'll stay with that person. But, you know, we're setting up principles here. And then I talk about cutting down on the confusion of being approached by someone in whom they, women, have no interest. How often do women talk about that? Well, uh, I don't want to be approached by him. Okay, be occupied approaching someone that you're interested in. <laughs> exactly. See, you've got to exactly. have an answer opposed to just complaining. I hate, I hate it when people just complain to me without bringing a solution. Because if you frame the problem correctly, and this is true in math, science, and every other area, when you frame the problem correctly or dis- define it, you're halfway to the solution. But just complaining does not help. So women who complain about men approaching them that they don't like, number one, I would submit to most women they don't know what they like because they haven't done the things to really determine And if they do like what they like, it's often bad because there's no real experience uh, to a woman. Now, we men, it's our responsibility, as we're doing now, to talk about these things and get it out. So any woman who complains about uh, men approaching them, you do some of the approaching so you'll see what it's like, and then you'll calm the whole sea. A lot of times men are wound up like springs, Because they have to do all the relationship starting, and that's not a good fit for 21st century uh, equal women. You should be sharing uh, part of that burden. Then I talk about lessening lessening the stress on uh, men generally, if women care. Men die between 7 and 10 years earlier than women. And the, the main reason, as doctors and researchers have found out, is stress, the X factor known as stress. Mm-hmm. So women need to share. Go ahead. No, I, go ahead, and, and I'll get my comment in a second. Okay, yes, thank you. Well, this this is very important because we are all connected, and if if women care, because, see, a woman's care, even about a man she doesn't like, is indicative ultimately of the care that she will exhibit toward the man that she does like because men are watching women how they treat other men, especially good men. And, of course, uh, uh, result number four, that was result number three, lessen the stress on men generally if women care. Uh, Result number four is learn more about men and thereby become better partners. Ultimately, having a relationship is reciprocal, it's mutual, and it's about being a partner and equal. And uh, by women practicing these uh, principles that I've just uh, explained will help them to become better partners. Uh, uh, Result number five, become better able to solve personal and real-world issues. And that almost goes without saying because now you have the experience You're not just sitting there on a pedestal waiting for someone to perform, to pursue, and pay for you. You are actually an adult operating as an adult. 
And, of course, uh, result six, be better able to objectively see another's point of view. You'd be shocked hmm. at how many women don't understand anything about what men are going through. They never yes, even exactly. reference They never reference it because that's in another world to them. In order to relate to a person, it's just like God did to man. He became man. And one of the greatest scriptures that I keep quoting and I just love it and I, to get my mind around it and it's this, it's in Hebrews. It says, although he were a son, he, uh, he, he learned obedience through the things he uh, tolerated or suffered, as it were. So even yes. God learned something. That's unfathomable if you think about it. How could the, you, you know, forever blessed, uh, omnipotent, omniscient God learn something? But so a woman can learn something uh, by becoming a man, by the way. Because um, a woman can learn something about men by actually listening to men and, and, and wanting to hear what men have to say. And there are many loving women out there who do that, and they are rewarded tremendously as a result of, of that loving behavior. And then, of course... All right, let, let me jump in here real quick. Let me jump in here real quick. Uh, sure. Uh, I, I've just been listening, and I tell you, I, I'm enjoying... The information and uh, so much I, I've written down that I wish I could have gotten in, but I, I want you to get as much as you could out. Uh, but uh, you, you know, on this last point you were just talking about, Steve Harvey's book, uh, "Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man." Uh, you know, I, I, I've read it, I purchased it for uh, several of my lady friends. Um, it's insightful, but the biggest problem that I have with that is the fact that uh, um, though he, he gives good Insight into how most of us think. We we don't all think alike. Uh, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> For some women, it's hard to believe. We don't all think alike. But it also is giving them, uh, in my my opinion, uh, kind of gives them the wrong idea what to expect if they start thinking like a man. What they expect? What you know? They 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 do two things. They lower and they raise the expectations at the same time. I say they lower it because. Uh, they think that most men think with the uh are driven by libido and less by intellect and in most you know and then the second thing is they raise it because they put a higher standard on what they think you know they're fantasical man uh, the type of man that they vision has now you know if they had it as a child you know snow white prince charming kind of thing now it's even uh that is even more magnified because they're thinking that they they uh, know what men think or act like, and you know it just messes it up more. I, I'm sorry. It, that is, uh, all right. We're actually we're running out of time here. Uh, we got about 90 seconds. So what uh, what I need you to do? Uh, we're gonna actually come back, and I'm gonna have you on again. We'll do we'll do some more uh, with you uh, with you, Richard. Uh, can you give uh, my audience some information on how to, if they want to learn more about your principles, uh, get in touch with you, uh, then can you give you, uh, that information? Well, you know what, Pastor, I would do, I, I would love to, I'd give you my email. This is a labor of love for me, and remember, I'm, I'm, I'm not making any money off of this, certainly at this time. Uh -huh. I do this purely as a philanthropic, altruistic uh, extension. And at this particular time, you know, I, I want people to learn this is purely educational. 
and instructive guidance to improve the, the situation. And I feel we need people like me because my motives are pure. I, I, I'm an entrepreneur, too. I have nothing wrong with making money. But a lot of people who make money, they can't tell the truth because they don't want to tick off the audience. So, you know, I, I can give you my email. You have it. And if someone wants to talk to me, they can certainly. All right. Well, I appreciate you, Rich, for being on the show. And uh, we're going to get you back on again so we can continue the discussion. Everyone, we appreciate you for listening in. This is a deal of the day with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Closing out again with one of my favorites, My Earth, Wind, and Fire, Change Your Mind.